0: Podcast. We are back. We are and back. And yes, and uh, <laughs> it's good to be back. Um, really enjoyed our last recording. And we're going to do something a little bit different today. Um, that's kind of, I'm noticing that's kind of a reoccurring theme with this podcast. I can make it fun. Is I keep kind of jumping into different things, but we've been learning a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think this first season of doing this podcast is mainly a season of learning for us, figuring out kind of what works, what doesn't work, how does the schedule work and kind of with everything going on right now, it's been really crazy. And so, you know, it's just taken us a while to get kind of into the Ephesians series and already four or five episodes in sermon wise. We're already jumping into a new series. And so at that point, you know, distribution wise, I'm kind of questioning like, okay, do we continue to do Ephesians or do we just fast forward into what we're talking about currently at the church? And so we could go both ways. Something that's something that I'm learning is that like, yeah, we could definitely just keep talking about Ephesians Mm -hmm. and people will still get a lot out of it. But I also kind of wanted to experiment a little bit with jumping ahead. I think that at some point you and I are going to come back and we're going to go through Ephesians and we're going to go through Ephesians in great detail. Yes. Because I think that people actually really want that. Yeah. But I, I did want to break away because we've got three weeks here where we're talking about the book of Hosea. Yes. And then after that, you're doing a a series that's going to start talking about the question. What happens when I die? What happens when I die? Yeah. And I think that's going to be really great. So we may come into that right after this because that is a really difficult question, but it's also a really foundational question. It
1: is. And it's cool because it has tentacles that reach all over the Bible. You know, like, for example, we have to start saying, what is a soul? what is a body? What is a spirit? What are all those things? Where do we, how do we even answer those questions? What scriptures do we read to find the answers? And so it will be a fantastic journey. And it's ironic because Hosea um, is not as disconnected from that. And it's a, it's an interesting point between Ephesians and the, what happens when I die. So I think we'll see uh, it's a good connecting and transition point.
0: Yeah. So the first thing that I want to say it. W- As we talk about the book of Hosea, I always love to say this. I I haven't said it a lot on 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 the podcast, but I kind of mentioned it with Ephesians with Mm -hmm. like, you know, Ephesians only has six chapters, so you could really sit and read Ephesians in about a half an hour yeah so if you really wanted to soak yourself in a book like Ephesians you could read it every day really for the entire time that we're going through the book of Ephesians as a church and so now as you start to talk about Hosea I just always love to kind of give the generic statistics yes the book of Hosea is about 14 chapters Mm -hmm. um A little longer. Yes. But, you know, I was just kind of thinking, you know, if you read two chapters a day, you could read the book of Hosea in a week. Yeah. Very simple math. Right. I always like to preface that for people who really maybe aren't used to opening and reading their Bibles at home. Yes. And trying to find the book of Hosea and trying to understand how long of a book it is. Mm -hmm. Because obviously you're not going to be able to touch on every single part of Hosea in a lot of detail in three weeks. Right. But if somebody really wanted to get a lot out of it, they most certainly could. Absolutely. And and Hosea is so, you know, you compare it with Ephesians just because of that's what we're
1: connecting with. But, it's so dramatically different because now we're reading the words of a prophet. You know, Paul was writing an epistle to the church in Ephesus. So just the whole occasion of writing, the the way that the writing happens, the the context that the writing is going into and coming out of, they're all so radically different. It's very jarring because all of a sudden we're talking about Uzziah and Jotham and Ahaz and Hezekiah, and you're like, wait, what? And, and you're in a completely different period of history. And then the fact that you're going to just have Hosea just dropping poetry on you left and right and you're like wait but then he'll kind of go out of the poetry and come back into prose and you're like well wait which is it and the answer is yes so it's going to be a fun journey
0: yeah for somebody who would read ephesians and they're reading of a a, a a first person letter from yes. me to you right kind of writing yeah um to going to something like this, which really is all over the place. Yeah. And I have to tell you, you know, and I I can't get in. I, I, you know, I can't remember all the details, but I will just say this for anybody who's listening to this. Sure. This week I read the book of Hosea and it took me about three days to get through it. And I read it out of a version of the Bible called the message. Yes. And, For anybody who knows, the message is a sort of a paraphrase of the Bible Mm -hmm. that was sort of translated by one person, Eugene Peterson. And it's written in a way that's very modern and current. I wouldn't say that the text is extremely accurate to the original Hebrew and Greek words of the Bible. Right. But wow, if you read this, if you like if you're gonna read the book of Hosea, I would encourage anybody who who is gonna go ahead and read it along with us, read it in, in a translation like the ESV or the NIV or some other kind of accurate translation of the Bible. But then I would definitely encourage somebody who may read this and go, This is really hard to understand, yes, to read it out of the message. Now I will tell you. This book is, if it had a movie rating, I'm <laughs> really <rated> debating, <laughs> I'm really debating as to whether or not this would be rated R or rated like something worse than that. Right. Right. NC 17. Is that worse right. than R? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I think, I honestly think it would be because yeah. it is, it's about prostitution Yeah, and, um, You know, there is a lot of, of sexual references. There is a a lot of stuff going on here. And, uh, you know, in the message at least I haven't gotten a chance to read it through in the ESV, but Mm -hmm. in the message it was like, wow, this is just brutal.
1: It is. And I, I want you to know that's part of why we've chosen Hosea is, um, it's this term that I've been sort of—I don't know if I've coined it. I've never heard anybody else say it. I've, I just made up the word. It's called gaspology, and it's to me it reminds me. And, and some of our audience may or may not remember, but in in the olden days of Saturday Night Live, we had this church lady character, and <laughs> and and you know Dana Carvey played her. I think it was Dana Carvey, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and. Um, and, and he would, you know, the, the church lady was the, the, she was gaspology. She just like, you know, in that special was kind of the famous thing. But no, what she would always just, oh, you know, like that. And I mean, boy, if you're ever going to gasp, it's going to be in the first three sentences of Hosea when God says, go take yourself a wife of whoredom. And, you know, we're like, what is that word? And that's the ESV trying to make it so that if a five-year-old picks this up, they won't know what it means. <laughs> but but um, go marry a prostitute. That's what it means. And, and it's like, wait, what? So that's where we begin. It just tell, right off the bat. You're off to
0: an adventure. And I mean, I, you know, look, I'm just going to say it you know, the, when you say the word whore, I mean, you're, we're, t- we're in Jerry Springer world at that point. <laughs> yes. You know, I don't know how many people would still remember uh, that, but right. I mean, literally that's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. We're definitely not talking about your average church person.
1: Yeah. And I, I fully expect, you know, as a pastor, you know, whenever you preach a sermon, people are going to say things like good job or boy or those kinds of things. And those are always fun to hear. I'm expecting to hear different things this time. I'm expecting <laughs> to hear, why did you choose this Bible? Passage, and and part of that reason is because it is a Bible passage, and you know this idea of biblical theology, um, and that's part of what the dig deeper podcast is all about, is that we we dig deeper, we see these threads which run from Genesis to Revelation, from the page one to the last page, and then and then when you hit something like this, you're like, why is this in the Bible? And the answer to that question is profound, and it. And it's important because it'll cause us to see God's word in a very different way.
0: Yeah. And I want to, I want to read a passage out of Hosea. Please do. That is at the very, very end of Hosea. It is one of the last verses. It is, it is actually the last verse. Okay. In Hosea. And I, I want to read this first because I think that this is kind of an interesting little, almost like author note yeah. to the reader. Yes, it is. And... It's at the very end. It's not at the very beginning. It's at the very end. And I want to read it because I think it's really fitting to read and consider even at the very beginning of this passage. And it says this. It says, whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right and the upright walk in them but transgressors stumble in them. Yes. So this is a very proverbial type of yes. language, right? It sounds a lot like I'm reading the book of Proverbs. Yes. It does so sound that way. He's the, the person who wrote this and now it's, it's canonized, which means it's, it's in the Bible. Like you said, right. it is scripture. Yes. So the person who wrote this thought that it was very important for the reader, whoever will read this later on, Mm -hmm. to understand it. That's right. And, and it, 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 it presents
1: what Hosea does right out the gate is it presents problems for the reader. Um, we mentioned one already. God says, go marry a prostitute. And, and I mean, just on the most baseline, if you've been reading Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, you're like, wait, that's against God's own law. Why would he say to his prophet, go marry a prostitute? And I mean, what's interesting then is you look at all the people's answers to that question, you start to see that there's almost this desperate attempt to reconcile that problem. And your your point in bringing this passage up to saying hey if you're wise let you know you need to understand these things you need if you're discerning you need to know them for the ways of the Lord are right. So it's like it's like the author is saying hey I get it. I, you're going ha- there's more than just that problem. There's a lot of other problems in here. But this the point is is that if you will mine the depths of this particular gold mine, you're going to reap the benefits, and 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 that's certainly what we're after as well.
0: Yeah, and you you see here in Hosea as you read it, mm-hmm. you see. I don't know how to describe it any other way other than if God is if God is a god of emotion, mm. you see. The emotion of God. Amen. In these passages. Yes. You see the personality of God. And just taking a step back, like th- exactly what you said, like this is a book where the reader has to wrestle with a lot of things. Yes. Um, a lot of sort of. I don't want to say contradictions, but definitely some controversial ideas. Yes. And one of those controversial ideas is basically, does God have a personality? Does God have feelings? Does God have emotions? Yes. Yes. And that's a really crazy, that's a crazy thing to think about. It is. And but it's also at the same time i think it's very foundational to what we always talk about which is we have a relationship with god
1: That is so well stated because what it does is it then conjures up everything that we would experience in our relationships. Now, of course, our relationships are human to human. And here we're talking about a human to God relationship, but let's stay with the human human relationship because let's think about all of what happens in our relationships. And the thing that tends to define our relationships is brokenness, not success. Mm. Well, certainly we have successes. And when we, 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 we generally like take pictures of those moments and we put Frames on, you know, around them, and we celebrate them, and we have, you know, children are born, or friendships are are last forever, or whatever. All these different moments and milestones, but brokenness along the way is what ultimately defines a relationship. And if you think about that, you know, especially in like a husband and wife situation, what ultimately cements their trust is when it's broken. And how the other responds. And that doesn't mean we want to say, hey, husbands, wives, get your marriage stronger, go out and break trust. That's not what we mean, but we're going to fail each other. And along the way, our ability to trust each other, even in the midst of the failures, that then creates trust that ultimately can survive any brokenness. And when you look at Hosea, the Lord is coming along, he is broken. He is upset. He is, you know, there's a lot of words that come to my mind that would would fit in an NC-17 movie. You know, he's ticked off, right? And he's just kind of like, okay, all right, if you guys want to do it this way, hey, Hosea, you're my prophet, go marry a whore. <laughs> you know, you're like, wait, what? God said that? And that's that's part of what it's supposed to do to us. It's, part, it's supposed to say,
0: wait, what? Well, yeah, so it's... Just another interesting thing about, like, you know, if if, if you have somebody that's never really read the Bible, especially some of the Old Testament stories. Yes. um, You know, we today in our society, we look at these characters in the Bible and we look at them as heroes. Yes. You know, we make coloring books for for these people, for people like Moses and and Jonah and all of these different people. (laughs) But you know, if you go back and you read the Bible, if you look beyond the coloring book, right, and you look at the Bible, you very quickly realize that people like Noah and Moses and Jonah and all of these people that God used, that God had a relationship with, yes, were very broken people. That's right. I mean, even if you read like the story of Noah, which is this epic story, and Noah was seen as one of the only righteous people in the world before God. And then you read the epic story and the curtain closes (laughs) and you realize that later on Noah had all kinds of crazy (laughs) stuff going on. I mean, just this
1: righteous man, what happens when he gets off the boat? You know, like, um, wait a minute, what does it mean to be righteous again? Yeah, exactly.
0: So you start to really wrestle with those theological topics. Right. And that's one of the things I love about this podcast, and I've been thinking about this the whole time. Is basically like the Dig Deeper podcast is like kind of guised a little bit as a theological podcast, yeah. but then we, but once we start digging into the the theology of it, we often talk more about the practical mm. rather than just the theoretical. Yes. And I think that there's maybe people that might listen to this that are looking for all of just talking about theology and doctrine and, yes. and arguing over different things. And it's like when we look at it and go, okay, what's the practical of it?
1: Well, and the reason that that's so important, I I'm really glad you, I'm glad you brought that up because what makes that so important is that if I have a theological construct but it has no meaning in the real world. I would argue that it's a waste of time, and I would argue that it's really not a theological construct. It actually is probably a proto-version of idolatry. Oh wow! So, so to so for example, if I said to you, if I said to you, hey Johnny, let's discuss. Um, the end of the world. And let's discuss whether or not the church is going to be removed before the tribulation or, or after or, or during. You know, this is something other Christians will talk about. And of course, if you talk to me, I'll be like, well, what do you mean by tribulation? Because a lot of people have their own thoughts about that. But see, if we spend all this time talking about that, what can happen is we can be so focused on the woods that we don't see the trees, the forest that we don't see the trees. And that actually is a proto version of idolatry. So then what I'm more worried about is if I'm right about when the church is going to be going to heaven versus whether or not my neighbor is going to heaven. See, and that's why I would argue that, and of course, if you hang around me, you actually want to bring heaven to your neighbor, right? That's what we want to do. And so so that's why this podcast is so important because I would argue that you're actually doing the highest theology when you're working on how do I actually apply it to the conversation I'm with my coworker tomorrow? You know, how do I even figure that out how to do that? Because that is more highfalutin theology than how many angels can dance on the head of a pin, (laughs) right? You know, because that's ultimately what we deal with.
0: Yeah, so the the question that you come up with kind of right off the get-go when you're reading the book of Hosea yeah is basically what kind of God is God yes and because you see this you it's almost like it's it's I I you know I I don't I don't have another word for it so I will just say it's almost like you're seeing a very bipolar kind of thing here Because you read this passage that's like, I am so frustrated. I am done with you. I need need to just destroy you right now. I am this all-powerful God. And you Mm -hmm. see that in other stories in the Old Testament where God is just – he is God. He is holy and he is right. And he is going to – do justice. Yes. He is going to restore things the way that they need to be and he's going to he's going to just wipe everybody out. And you see that in the book of Noah or in the not the book of Noah, the book of Genesis as he, right. you talk about Noah, is God just said, "Yeah, I'm done with these people. Mm-hmm. I am wiping them out." Yeah. Now, then later on he says, "I'm not going to ever do that again." Right. But it's this really fascinating thing and I would say maybe for a, a Christian for a church goer I think we can I mean I'm just, I'm, I think I'm going a long ways to say that I think we can tolerate that kind of God that's mm-hmm. kind of one minute destroying everything and the next minute kind of back to this you know very um almost romantic love mm. kind of situation with with his people and wanting to have an intimate relationship with them and wanting to forgive them and wanting to heal them and wanting to make things right. But then at the same time, it's like, it's just, it's all over the place. You know, I mean, you know, I, I've, I've heard enough comedians make fun of the story of Isaac. You know, why would you, you know, why would you take Isaac up to sacrifice him? Like that's such a crazy idea. Right. You know, and then at the very end, change your mind. It's like, You have, you I I just, I say that because as we're going into the book of Hosea, the book of Hosea is in the Old Testament and you, this is not the first time that somebody sees this idea in the Old Testament. It's throughout the entire Old Testament Mm -hmm. of God and his relationship with his people and his relationship with certain individuals and his anger and his wrath, but at the same time, his love and his covenants and his promises. And it's just, you're seeing all of this and it all kind of combines to be God. But we, you know, the Bible is our, our way of kind of understanding God It is, um, and kind of getting, I don't want to say that we can't understand God. We can understand God through nature. We can mm-hmm. understand God through our life experiences. We can understand God in a lot of different ways through we can. art and music, Yes, all that kind of stuff. We can definitely learn about God, but for sure, the Bible is one of the most saturated ways really for is. us to truly understand God. And so much of art and music and all of those kinds of things are very biblically based more often than not so we just experience that and i think that you know christians again christians kind of tolerate it and go yeah that's just kind of god that's how we're kind of getting you know we get used to it more and more right maybe not necessarily but i mean from an outsider i don't even want to say outsider that's not even the right word but for somebody who doesn't attend a church who is looking at this and going what kind of God is God? Because, you know, I see people who walk in and they're afraid of God. Mm -hmm. God is this holy God and he is holy. He is righteous. He is the, you know, he, his justice is justified. Mm -hmm. So, you walk in and you got your life and you've got your struggles and you've got your things that you're ashamed of that you're afraid about and and that kind of thing. And you may not necessarily feel like you have a relationship with God and you don't even want to, you know, God, that's what's so important about what you and people like you and I do is... We want to tell people that God is there to really initiate the relationship. You're you're not the initiator. God is the initiator. When you hear his word and when you hear what we say and what what God says to you and what God says about you and what he did for you, Mm -hmm. you can see that he has initiated the relationship. Jesus through what he did, initiated the relationship. There you go. So that you could feel like you could come in. Right. Very much that whole idea we talked about the tabernacle and we talked about, you know, entering into the holy of holies, like, you know, Jesus tore the curtain. Yes. You know, he he bridged that relationship mm-hmm. that was separated by sin. He did. And I, now I'm going, you know, I've gotten very passionate now. I'm actually yeah. talking about the gospel.
1: You're fired up. I but love it.
0: Like, you know, you read a passage like this and it's like, okay, God, are you like, if something bad happens to me, are you mad at me? Mm. You know, Mm. or, you know what I mean? I've opened up so many doors. Well, and I, and they're, they're important
1: doors. And the reason that you're opening them up is because of what we said earlier. And that is Hosea causes you trouble. It, it, It confronts you with all of these issues. And that's why you're, so you're literally doing what the text is, is forcing you to do is, is engendering you to do because the prophet is saying right off the bat, this is the Lord and he's saying, I want you to go marry a prostitute. And so your question then is prompted. What kind of, what, who is God? What is he like? Is he bipolar? What, I mean, what's going on. And in reality, then you, then you worked your way to the gospel. And what's beautiful about that is because just like the example you mentioned with Abraham and Isaac, so yeah the comedian can make the joke why are you taking isaac up there to sacrifice him but then god's gonna be like psych you know i don't want you to actually do that but what's really powerful is he was demonstrating what he actually would do he wouldn't make abraham do it with isaac but he would do it with jesus right he would it's on the very spot that isaac was prepared that jesus was crucified and so now when we're talking about hosea you're talking about, he says, I want you to go take your, yourself a wife who is a prostitute. I want you to marry one. He's saying, this is what I have done. I have married a prostitute. I have married someone who consistently commits adultery and goes off and worships other gods and goes off and, and, and just ignores me and betrays me and treats me like trash. And I want you to know what it feels like, Hosea. (laughs) I want you to know what it feels like, because you need to understand where I'm at. And it's this very God that doesn't get all mad and say, I want a divorce. Although he does say, if you continue in this path, there will be judgment because when trust is broken and broken and broken eventually it has to it comes to a limit right there's a time not necessarily time limit but a limit to the amount of bro- brokenness that there can have and he because he does love this betraying wife that is God but loves Israel though she betray him constantly there's going to come a time where he's like that's it no more and that is because there's another aspect to his his nature yes he's compassionate he's caring he's loving he is love but he's also just. And that tension is what we start to feel when we start to say, is this a contradiction with the law where he says, don't marry a prostitute? Because... God is just and not only is it not a contradiction, it is a paradox, which is very much different. It's something where two things can be true, but they're held in tension. And that tension is actually where you and I spend our daily lives. We live in that tension all the time. We're like, am I hungry or am I thirsty? Yes. You know, am am I hot or am I cold? Well... Sort of, yes. I mean, you can start talking about all these different things. Am I lonely or am I feeling like the world's crashing in on me? Yes. See, that's what it is. And so what, what, what we're learning here in Hosea is God feels those feelings. But because of his great love, he's not giving up. But because of his great, the fact that he's good means that he's just. And that means he's going to do something about all of this brokenness.